Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and this is episode 128 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And today I'm joined by Lucas Kaser to discuss week five game previews, start sits, our starts of the week, and our all in check or fold trade segment. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, week five is upon us. It is Wednesday. That means one thing. Lucas Kaser back in the place. How you doing, brother? Well, another week, another Broncos loss. So it's, oh, it's just, yeah. I was, uh, dude, I, I was going to let you slide this week. I, no, I, didn't, I didn't even have it on the dock. I was going to let it go. Didn't want to talk about it. Uh, man, just bailing out your boys right away. Dude, what the hell is going on? What is going on? No sacks for the first three weeks. Five sacks, which is great. Bradley Chubb out for the year. Running backs can't figure it out. Cortland Sutton accidentally having a tremendous year. Joe Flacco doesn't look like shit. Emmanuel Sanders is healthy after dislocating his entire fucking leg and Achilles. And no dubs. What the hell's going on? I don't know. I mean, I never would have thought if, – if you would have told me that Flacco was top 10 in QBR, I would have said we're 4-0. I, I seriously don't get it. Man. Quite frustrating. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to gloat too long, but I will take uh, one more week to be excited. Um, not, that... Niners, they got it this week. Browns, uh-huh. ain't, Browns ain't nothing. Niners got it this week. <laughs> I wanted to bring it up with you, man, because I know that uh, you're not feeling the Browns. Nope. Um, I, I go up and down each week, but I'm still holding faith. Uh, Odell hasn't really kicked it into gear. Landry had a huge game, which was off the Richter, man. Over 170. I didn't see that coming. Um, of course, he left with a concussion. But uh, Ricky Seals-Jones comes out of nowhere. Nick Chubb, absolutely fucking beasting. Really curious to see what happens when Kareem Hunt gets eligible. That's going to be interesting. Um, but do you think the Niners on Monday Night Football are going to have a chance to get to 4-0? I think at home, yeah. I mean, I I'm, think – I'm biased, of course, but just curious uh, yeah. on your side. I mean, I don't see – like, it's not, like, lopsided by any means. Like, I don't think one team's significantly better than the other. Right. I agree. And the Niners have had two weeks uh, and we will get into, we'll get into that matchup uh, at the end of our previews. Um, But without any further ado, man, let's get into it. We got our week five previews. We'll go Thursday night game tomorrow. And then we'll go all the way down the list on Sunday. Of course, we'll get into that Niners Browns game on Monday, take a quick break. And then we'll get into our uh, starts of the week and our all in check or fold trade segment, which is going to get more and more interesting the further we get into the season here. So Let's get into it, man. We've got week five upon us, uh, some big matchups in week four, uh, some big upsets. And, I mean, right away, the Rams putting up 40 and losing by two touchdowns still to the Bucks. Yeah. That was a really impressive win there. But the Rams and the Seahawks on Thursday night football, going to be a battle for, uh, well, hopefully second place um, in the NFC West. Um, but it's going to be interesting. This one's in Seattle. Rams travel on the road after a big loss. Um, on the Rams side, man, we're talking starts and sits here. Are you comfortable with Jared Goff? And uh, how do you feel about Everett at the tight end who had a nice game? Uh, Goff had 68 attempts, which is the third most in NFL history. He actually, I mentioned this on the previous episode, my ballers and stallers, he had more attempts, or excuse me, he had more completions in the game than Jameis Winston had attempts overall and Jameis still got the W there how do you feel about Goff uh, going up against the Seahawks defense on the road in Seattle 
Well, there's the whole like classic uh, road and away splits for golf. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they are proven true because last week they were at home, and even though he threw uh, three, he threw three picks. I think last week he still had like 26 fantasy points, or he was still probably quarterback one. But I don't know. I mean, I think Seattle's pass defense isn't that great, um, so I think you could, you definitely could start him. But I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable, comfortable, especially for how lackluster the Thursday night games have been uh, this year. I just don't – I think there's definitely better options um, for this week, at least. Um, Jared – or yeah, Jared Everett, eh, he's kind of like in the – if I had to play like a David Njoku type tight end player, that's kind of how I feel like, like about him. It's kind of like if you have to, but there's actually surprisingly – quite a bit of tight ends that are relevant this year and what was supposed to be a non-relevant tight end year. So I don't think you need to play him. Yeah, Gerald Everett had five for 44 and a touchdown on eight targets, which is nice. And, uh, you know, Jared Goff, you're right, he did have three picks, did have two touchdowns, over 500 yards. But a lot of those were empty yards, uh, more or less. Um, You're playing Todd Gurley, uh, obviously. I don't know that you would bench him unless he's hurt, hurt. But five attempts, dude, five rushing attempts. He does fall in the end zone twice, so he gets you two touchdowns and saves you for fantasy. But five rushing attempts for 16 yards. Um, and, you know, he does have seven catches for 54 yards and 11 targets, which you like to see. But what's your gauge right now after a quarter of the season with Todd Gurley? I mean, I'm not going to, like, freak out about it like everyone else is. Because, I mean, what do you expect in an offense that has Woods, Cup, Cooks, and now Everett? I mean, you're not going to – he probably, my guess is he averaged what 15 carries a game last year, probably mm-hmm. right around I oh, mean, at least. <laughs> it's definitely, it is definitely a changed offense. We have now four, four weeks of uh sample size. I don't think, I mean, I'm not like freaking out and like trading him or anything because I mean, he had what, what do you say, seven catches? Eight, eight catches. Yeah. So he's going to get the work no matter what. And this is a high powered offense. He's, especially at home. I mean, they put up 40 points and they lost the game. So it's obviously going to be a shootout for him. So he's definitely – he kind of reminds me like David Johnson in a sense. Like it's going to be, uh, I guess, how you say, inef- not inefficient touches, but just like not what you'd want for fantasy touches in a sense. Sure. I got you. And uh, let's jump over to Seattle here. Um, well, really quick, just uh, no analysis. Who's your, who's your favorite Rams receiver right now for fantasy? For fantasy, I think – oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go Cooper Cup for fantasy in real life. I think he's probably the I, most consistent. I agree, which is incredible coming off that torn ACL. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to Seattle, man. Rashad Penny and DK Metcalf. So, Chris Carson comes out, puts all the critics to bed, 22 carries, 104 yards. He does not get a touchdown, but he had a great game on the ground and then four catches on four targets for 41 yards as well. So, over 140 yards. 144, 100, sorry, 145 yards for Chris Carson on 26 touches. You love to see that. Um, Rashad Penny did not play in this game. DK Metcalf just one catch for six yards. But against this Rams defense, who just got absolutely annihilated by the Buccaneers, how do you feel about DK? And do you think Rashad Penny, assuming he plays, do you think he's going to chop into Chris Carson or do you think they're going to ride Chris Carson now that uh, he was able to hold on to the football? And we all know that Pete Carroll does love him. I think – well, I mean, I think in terms of Penny, I think you have to add him if he is available. I mean, some leagues someone might have dropped him and they got really mad or something. 
I think he's definitely going to get work because, I mean, Pete Carroll's kind of been hyping up Penny on the opposite side too, like saying, oh, he's in line to play this week. He's in line to get snaps this week. He's, I think, I mean, Chris Carson, they played the Cardinals. Like, you're not going to get to play the Cardinals every week. So where his his one game looked good, he still has the fumbling issue. So I think Penny's definitely definitely needs to be rostered. I don't know. I would say – probably like 10 touches total to start. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to tell because they are going to ride Carson until he fumbles the game away. So it's kind of hard to see his role immediately. Okay. And DK Metcalf? Uh, I, I think there's definitely better options um, to play there. Okay. Um, and Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett's an automatic. And uh, we're going to talk about your boy Will Disley in a little bit, but you're not so hot on him right now, huh? I mean, if the off, we'll talk about it in the uh, all-in checker fold. I guess he's he's definitely a starting tight end every week, but I think you can definitely flip him for value right now. Got it. Okay, uh, let's go to New England and Washington. This game is in Washington. Um, I'm not sure there's been a more lobsided football game like I've ever seen on paper. Oh god, like this. I, I think honestly, just because the Dolphins are in the division with the Patriots and do actually accidentally beat them every cup couple of years that game was less lopsided than this one with the Redskins and the Patriots the only thing that makes this not a 50 to nothing blowout is that this is in Washington but man this is rough um for New England I want to talk about these running backs man James White is automatic when he plays of course Rex Burkhead a little bit banged up didn't do much in the game I had him in my starting lineup and I kept looking and I was just like where the hell is he is he hurt is he in what's up and he finally got a couple of touches at the at the very end of the game Sony Michelle hasn't been able to do anything uh, so far this year just 17 carries 63 yards um, on Sunday versus the Bills Bills have a really great defense super underrated defense I've been saying that for a few weeks but nonetheless in super positive game scripts Sony Michelle is not lighting up the scoreboard and I'm curious, man. How do you – you're starting Sony Michelle, I guess, where you drafted him against the Redskins for sure. Um, but Burkhead, do you have any any desire to play him at all in PPR leagues? And then uh, Dorsett um, with Josh Gordon and uh, Julian Edelman, do you feel like there's enough for uh, three receivers in this game against the Redskins? I'll tell you what, I watched that Buffalo game last week, and it was the most boring game. Like, it was – New England looked so bad. Like, Buffalo definitely outplayed in that game, and – I mean, they had the whole blocked pun, what, four interception. It was just – it was gross. And it I don't want to say it kind of made me nervous. It just kind of made me, like, temper expectations for, like, how many receivers, how many running backs you can actually play. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to say Dorsett is a no mm-hmm. until he kind of consistently does what he did in the two weeks without A.B. And, yeah, I don't know what's up with Burkett. I don't know why he didn't see, like – a single snap because they decided to throw Michelle into the ground the first, yep, what three quarters maybe, and he just did nothing. But you definitely have to start Michelle, um, especially against the Redskins, as you saw what uh, Wayne Gallman did last week. Yep, and Burkett did have one catch uh, for seven yards, but that was yeah. it there. And Philip Dorsett, two catches on nine targets, so they missed on seven opportunities there. Could have yeah, been a much Brady, better game. Brady looked very bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, he did. All right, let's move over to Washington. Uh, usually not much going on here. Um, AP, 
Uh, I'm he's an absolute sit against New England. New England has had the number one defense in the league. They gave up one touchdown last week to the Bills. That's their only touchdown on the season through four weeks that they've given up on defense. Um, AP's a sit for me. Uh, I asked you about Chris Thompson, see how you feel about that. And then Terry McLaurin, I guess, you know, he's, he's the new buzz, which I appreciate. If he does play, you fire him up. But we know that historically – uh, New England is going to take out the best player on the team. And I think already as a rookie, Terry McLaurin is far and away the best player on that offense. They're going to eliminate him immediately. And uh, I think just going to squash this offense. But how do you feel about Chris Thompson um, in PPR leagues? I mean, is he a deep flex for you? Yeah, I think they're going to have to throw the ball the whole game, yeah, right? That, that's the main thing. It's just a negative game script. I mean, I, I don't think Chris Thompson, anything special, but last week he, I think still put up 10 plus points and, what was it was just a murder against it like the Giants just killed them it was, I don't even it was yeah but he sold like 10 points you got to play him I don't know if I would play uh McLaurin though just because I mean like you mentioned they take away the number one target and John Brown got saved in a sense because he caught like one 40 yard catch but he just I mean Gilmore's gonna shut he's I mean he shut John Brown down he's gonna shut down a third round rookie receiver right I agree Let's move on to those Bills. They uh, are on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee with a big win last week. Um, let's uh, – Cole Beasley. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's maybe the option. Tennessee's got a really good defense too, man. This game could straight up be like seven to six. Oh, yeah. I mean, this I'm one might – this one's going to be really ugly for fantasy. Uh, Cole Beasley and assuming Josh Allen is out with that brutal concussion, we're going to get Matt Barkley not feeling that. Um is there anybody on the Bills that you're confident uh, with with Matt Barkley leading the helm and on the road in Tennessee? I mean, I put Beasley maybe just because they get the check down routes. Um, they sh- when uh, Barkley came in last week, he had like four catches. I think I'm actually playing him in the uh, the listener league just because I kind of have to. But yeah, I mean, I think he he'll maybe get you like nine points in PPR in a deep league. But there's really, I mean, I'd play the uh, Buffalo defense for sure. Yes, Buffalo defense and Tennessee defense. Oh, yeah, both, and Tennessee. Bo- both of these are streaming. Okay, and then let's move over to the other side here. Um, with uh, well, really quick, how about Frank Gore? I know it's ridiculous to to think about, but he's been so fucking solid. He always is. He was averaging like seven yards per carry in the game against New England. He becomes the fourth running back of all time to get over fifteen thousand yards, joining Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, and Barry Sanders. Shout out to my man Frankie G. Um, if you're desperate, are you willing to, to, to fire him up? I mean, that that front seven for Tennessee is pretty nasty. Yeah. I mean, if you started him last week, you have to – it's the same logic. You got to start him this week. I think that's really the only way I could I could describe that, I guess. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move over to Tennessee. And uh, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, let's talk about this. They both had big games, uh, really their breakout games. Um, you know, five for six – for 91 and a score for Corey Davis, an even bigger game for A.J. Brown, three for 94 and two. Uh, Marcus Mariota, my man, came out of the grave and had a great game. Um, Now they were playing a rough uh, defense, Um, but how do you feel about Corey Davis or A.J. Brown? Are you excited to pick them off off of waivers? I did waivers last episode, Um, so we're not going to go into waivers uh, on this podcast. We generally did them on Wednesdays, but we realized that maybe it was a little 
too late to do that. So I I did it on, yeah. yeah, So I did on last episode. um, So you can find out the waivers and things. um, And I gave my stake, but I'm just curious, Lucas, how you feel about Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Are you, are you rushing out to get either one of them on the waivers? If so, what are you looking to burn on them fab wise? And then if not, uh, why not? Um, I think the main thing for Corey Davis was, I don't know if you saw, I guess the tweet or whatever, but the Falcons shadowed, uh, would it be true on AJ Brown, which, it was kind of a confusing tweet because A.J. Brown played on, like, not even 30% of the snaps. So, I don't really know how you can shadow someone that didn't play the full game. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a confusing tweet, but it makes sense why Corey Davis kind of had a good game. So, I, But, no, I'm staying away from Corey Davis. Like, you got to still remember their quarterback's Mariota. I mean, you can't really shy much away from that. I mean, I think A.J. Brown, yeah, I think you could add him, but I'm not, like, dropping a ton of fab thinking I'm going to play him and – I mean, especially not this matchup, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, worth an ad, but don't drop too much. Okay. Let's move on to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, Baltimore gets shelled by the Browns and Pittsburgh uh, does the shelling to the Bungles. Um, this one's in Pittsburgh. It's been a brutal rivalry over the years, but this rivalry is completely different And at this point, in my opinion. None of the killer bees are around anymore for the Steelers. That defense for Baltimore is completely different. Um, the running backs and quarterbacks and everybody else is different, so it's a really, really changed rivalry at this point. Uh, for the, for the uh, Ravens, Marquise Brown, is Hollywood Brown still doing it for you? Do you think he can get loose against this, uh, this uh, Pittsburgh defense who has been susceptible to the deep pass for sure? I mean, he's third in air yards, and he's 14th in team target share. So I'm still kind of hanging on to that hope. Uh, really boom robust. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have a solid enough team to where you can play him in the flex and not have to worry about, like, taking a three or whatever he put up last week, I think you definitely could. I'm not for sure. I mean, I, I would say I could use the Steelers last game as, like, a kind of gauge for that. But, yeah, the Bengals are awful, so I don't really know how to – how I feel about the Steelers uh, defense with Rudolph kind of uh, on the other side of the ball. Cause the Niners didn't really like torch him in the air. Did they? No, but yeah, they but, didn't have to, they destroyed yeah. him on defense. I so mean, I that, that game was over quick and Jalen Samuels might be the fucking quarterback, dude. It's yeah, insane. Dude. What's going on? Over, over I'm just there, waiting dude. for him. I'm waiting for Connor to get hurt and Samuels just to take over. Dude. I, I don't want Connor to get hurt. But I did <laughs> – I was super high on Samuels coming in, man. I, I, uh, I hear that. Let's talk about those uh, backs. 16 targets, 16 receptions, over 100 yards receiving, and a touchdown for the uh, running backs, Connor and Samuels, against the Bengals on Monday Night Football. Absolutely crushing. Um, we're going to talk more about them in a little bit with my start of the week because I'm loving that player because of that reason. So – Looks like, you know, Connor's kind of dealing with an ankle injury too, man. So if, if he, I don't think he's going to sit, but if he's hampered at all, Samuels is definitely, you know, able to take on that lead role and Vance McDonald, if he comes back, uh, I think he's going to be out for a few weeks though. So Nick Vanette, you know, maybe a, a spot start in deeper tight end leagues and then, uh, Deontay, um, Thompson looked really good, um, uh, in this game and Johnson, you kept, I think you typed Thompson in there. Oh, so I flipped it last week too. Yeah. Um, sorry, Deontay Thompson or Johnson. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, 
he looked really good and he looks to be, he looks to be the, the true number two there um, for the Steelers. So um, we know how the running backs are. You're going to start Connor. If he's playing Samuels, maybe a deeper flex uh, Nick Vanette, deep tight end, possibly. Um, how do you feel about Deontay? He looked really good, man. And, and um, James Washington is not getting the looks that we thought he was going to for a Mason Rudolph. No, I traded for Johnson, a lot of my dynasty leagues, like nice. the last two weeks. I mean, just cause that, Rudolph, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a rookie, they're just kind of building that rookie connection. And Johnson, I just, I figured this out last week, was their number one receiver, like, on their big board. Which yeah. Is strange. Like, I don't know how you put him over, like, Holly, I mean, like, I get it or whatever, like, different coaching styles. But how do you put him over, like, Hollywood and, like, Debo and those guys? But it seems to be working. Um, yeah, I definitely think he'll get added this week if he's not already for sure. Yo, check this out. After in, in the last two games with Mason Rudolph and uh, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson is nine for one twenty nine and two touchdowns on twelve targets. Yeah, I put off to the side here. He has more target percentage than Juju. That's crazy, bro. I mean, he's, he's he's looking good. <laughs> he's looking yeah. real good. Well, I think they're finally realizing after that Niners game, they're like, yeah, we definitely can't play like we used to with Big Ben. So that's why they're using the two running backs and they're moving him around and. It's working. I mean, they actually looked like the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers playoff team last week. Absolutely. They did look really good. Now, the Bengals are fucking terrible. But the, dude, I the, feel so bad for Joe Mixon. Holy shit, for real, dude. Me too. And those receivers, like, they're good and yeah. just unable to be. Um, let's talk about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles hosting the New York Jets. The Jets coming off of a bye. Looks like we're going to wait another week for Sam Darnold as of this podcast. However, there are murmurs that he could potentially play, even if he plays. I think he's going to be weak, um, like literally just weak, because he's been sick as shit for a month, and mono is no joke, uh, as much as you know the whole, the whole uh, kissing disease joke goes around, like the disease itself is rough. Um, so he's going to be hurt no matter what. Uh, assuming he doesn't play, though, and you get Falk, um, the Eagles have not had a, a very good defense this year, but they are at home. They need a get-right game here. Robbie Anderson's coming off of his own injuries. Jamison Crowder. Is there anybody outside of Le'Veon Bell that you're confident about with the Jets at all? No. There's, there's no way without uh, Darnold. But, I mean, I don't know if I put him on the, the uh, all-in checker fold. I did not. But Robbie Anderson is an intriguing trade target. Yep. I like that. I like that. Um, and, and you really could buy him low because he, yeah, well, he hasn't played in two weeks, but also he hasn't really done much either. And now I'm not a big Robbie Anderson guy just because I don't like those boom bust guys unless they're fucking Tyreek Hill. But um, I'm just – that's not really my flavor. However, if Robbie Anderson's like your wide receiver three or four and yeah, a flex and you've got some weeks, studs, yeah. he will win you weeks. Absolutely. I like that call a lot. Let's go over to the Eagles, man. Nelson Aguilar, of course, he is completely determined on uh, Deshaun Jackson and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon played last week. Deshaun did not. And uh, Miles Sanders, man. Um, jo Jordan Howard had three touchdowns last week, two rushing and one receiving. Completely crushed. Do you think Jordan Howard is going to remain who is getting more target share every week and more touches every week, but so is Miles Sanders. So both these guys are kind of trending in the right direction, but they're still splitting the backfield. Which back do you like better in Philadelphia, Sanders or Howard? I think, I think I'm going to lean Howard. He's one of the only four running mm -hmm. backs uh, right now that have had their target share or like their like opportunity share go up all four weeks. 
and I, I mean, I think they're kind of they're going to go with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Motto type of things. I mean, I mean, obviously they're going to play both. It's not like Sanders isn't going to play, but Howard looked good in the red zone against the Packers against a pretty solid Packers defense. So I think they're going to ride him. And if I mean, if Howard has a bad game against the Jets, then maybe they'll switch. But I don't expect that to happen. Right. And that was Thursday Night Football, of course, um, last week. And Howard's line was 15 carries for 87 yards and two touchdowns, almost six yards a carry. And he had three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown as well. He did look he did look very good. Um, Miles Sanders, on the other hand, 11 carries for 72 yards, six and a half yards a carry. Looked great. And then uh, did not have a catch. Yeah, um, punt return, big punt return. He did, which doesn't really show up in the the stats. Yeah. But he did. Uh, he did look very good on on that as well with the special teams. So um, that's that. Uh, that was sixty seven yards, I believe. Um, so looked very good there. So Miles Sanders. So keep an eye on the Eagles' backs, and uh, you know maybe neither one of those guys are, are trade or folds. Now, if you have Jordan Howard, nobody started him unless you're hurting or you're in a standard league. But if you do have Jordan Howard, this is the only time yeah. to flip him. <laughs> like, yeah, like. Uh, for sure. Who who just off off top really quick? We did not discuss this. We haven't prepared for it, but I'll put you on the spot. Who are some guys that you think realistically? Obviously, you're not going to be able to get a fucking a Zeke or somebody like that. But who do you think you could flip right now that you would want to have for what Jordan Howard did on Thursday night? Oh gosh, um, I've got a couple. If if you want a second, yeah, go ahead. I'll think. I would try Josh Jacobs. I think is realistic. Hasn't really done much, and he's definitely going to be. I think better off moving forward. Um, Trading super low, either Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, um, either or. I like Royce Freeman in the long haul, but Lindsay's the one getting the getting the shit right now. Um, and then honestly, man, even Jordan Howard and maybe like a carry on Johnson or something, uh, depending on how people feel um, about that scenario. Um, you know, I think there are a couple other options, but I mean, dude, Jordan Howard and like you know somebody uh, a lower end receiver or something like that could potentially uh, get you a Joe Mixon or something, which I know isn't sexy right now, but you'd have to imagine that, you know, he's going to get a block uh, eventually this season, but just a couple names to throw out there. Um, if you have anyone to add, go ahead. I, think, I mean, it'd be, I don't know if it'd be a stretch, but I think you could definitely get Marlon Mack. I think you could definitely sell the whole like bad last week. And honestly, I think one of the, well, I was thinking Lindsay, but I think you could get Eckler, not going to lie, just get the guaranteed points per game there. I mean, he obviously Gordon's coming back, but you could probably, I mean, if you don't pay attention too much, just be like, yeah, Melvin Gordon's coming back. Eckler's backup or whatever type totally. thing. And, and we're going to talk more about Eckler and, and Gordon here in a little bit with the, uh, the uh, all in checker fold really quick. Marlon Mack, um, We'll, we'll jump to him in a second, but just while you mentioned him, I wanted to bring this up. 11 carries, 39 yards. So he did play, um, but he did didn't play the at reasoning? the – Like, kind of, but go ahead. Sure. Well, it was – so he he got a little banged up, and apparently Raddick, Frank Raddick wanted to keep him healthy and not risk another injury, but they were losing the game. So it was, it was just kind of confusing, I guess. It was <laughs> – no yeah, and, 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 then he, and then he came out and, and said right away that he wasn't injured. They just wanted to go with Naheem Hines because it was a negative game script and they wanted to get him working, which makes sense on paper, but I don't think that was the right answer for the right time. 
So yeah. we'll get into the, we'll get into the Colts and Chiefs when we get it over Sunday Night Football. We got a handful more in the afternoon. Let's shift gears here. We'll go to Oakland. Um, and holy shit, dude, this game. First of all, this game's in London. Um, but the Oakland Raiders get to play against Khalil Mack. Uh, over under um, five. I'm gonna do like let's do four and a half sacks for Khalil Mack over under this week. I mean, I think you're going to take the over. Yeah, I'll go with like nine. Shoot, I don't even know. I mean, I think he's definitely <laughs> – well, they're definitely going to talk about it like six times before the game starts, and then they're mm-hmm. probably going to talk about John Gruden a couple times, mixed in the yeah, – I don't – they're going to need some entertainment because that game is going to be boring, that's for sure. Yeah, it'll be over quick, and uh, these guys are – man, these guys are terrible, but dude. That it's going to be like 6 a.m. for you, isn't it? Yep, 6 a.m. for me. Stoked. I'm stoked on that, bro. I love those because I get up at 6 a.m., I watch ball, and then I get, you know, on the West Coast, I get ball, you know, all the way till, uh, well, it's about 8.30 p.m., 9 p.m. here. So not as late as you guys, obviously. Uh, but it I'd starts, rather, I'd rather it have starts that, a lot though. earlier. Yeah, it starts a lot that. earlier. I, I like that a lot. So uh, let's talk about the Bears real quick, man. Montgomery, Cohen in the backfield. Um, Montgomery is trending up just like Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. More touches, more percentage share each week. Um, he is somebody that I'm trying to get in every league I can uh, moving forward. Now, Trubisky, of course, is out. Um, if you haven't seen the injury, uh, it was pretty gnarly. Watching a couple of times, his shoulder yeah, just kind gross. of – you could see it separate when he rolled over. He has a partial tear in his labrum, um, which is basically kind of the muscle above his armpit, um, which is uh, you know obviously very important for him to throw a ball. Um, so that is not good. He's going to be out a handful of weeks. Uh, and, you know, Matt Nagy came out right away and said it wasn't season ending, which means he's going to miss time. <laughs> it just might not be the yeah, rest of the season. So not looking good for, not looking good for Trubisky chase Daniel though, um, is pretty much the same quarterback. I think maybe not as be- as good on the ground, but he can definitely sling it. Um, I think this Bears offense is going to be able to move just as they would anyway against the Raiders. Montgomery and Cohen and Gabriel are who I want to talk about. Gabriel had three touchdowns before he got a concussion and left the last game. He, he missed last game due to that concussion. Cohen hasn't done anything for you, uh, and he was supposed to be kind of a premier PPR back. Um, how do you feel about Montgomery, Cohen, and, and Gabriel? Uh, I mean, Montgomery, yeah, you can't, you can't deny that his usage is going up. I just don't – I don't know how efficient this offense is going to be to where I'm going to want to move assets to trade for him and then play him. I guess if he's not on my team already. But uh, did, did Cohen catch a touchdown last week when Daniel came in? I will double-check right now. I mean, I think I think he did. And, I mean, that's kind of what I was going to say. He could be kind of a sneaky flex play just because, I mean, Daniel – Honestly, I think Daniel improves all the pass catchers for uh, this Bears offense, sadly. But I think if Cohen uh, – I mean, he's obviously not going to get the role he had last year, but kind of a bump up a little bit with Daniel is kind of what I'm trying to say. So I think he could definitely be a flex piece. And, no, nah, I'm not going to buy into Gabriel's three-touchdown game. Tariq Cohen, two catches, seven yards, and a touchdown. Good call there. And on the ground, he was five for 11. So yeah, not much, but David Montgomery, 21 carries 53 yards, terribly inefficient, but they did play the Vikings. The Vikings have a really good defense. They have a shitty offense uh, and especially against the bears, but they do have a great um, defense. 
So 21 carries, though, for Montgomery is great. He had another three catches as well. So I like Montgomery a lot, man, moving forward. And he hasn't really had a huge game yet. So you're still able – the hype is there. Everyone knows the pre-hype oh, yeah. on Montgomery. But he hasn't really, like, 102 touchdowns yet. That shit's going to happen soon. It might happen this week <laughs> with a neutral road game against the Raiders' defense. Um, go get David Montgomery. I think that is – Dude, Jordan Howard off of three touchdowns to David Montgomery would be a win all day long. That'd be cool. Um, go go grab that one. Let's talk about the raid is Josh Jacobs, Williams, and Waller. Of course, you're starting Waller. I just wanted to mention that he is the real deal. Holy shit. He also uh, looks the part. Dude is a beast. Um, Darren Waller is the man for sure. This year's Eric Ebron off the waivers. And uh, Tyrell Williams looks good. Not a huge game, but he is that number one there. Um, I think he's a deep flex for me. Uh, although against the Bears, you know, not a not a great move. Probably a sit. The Bears, of course, eliminated Adam Thielen um, last week. And then Josh Jacobs, man, against the Bears. I mean, I'm I'm sitting all Raiders personally. But if you're stuck, we got to talk about some guys that people might have to play. Um, if you have to play some of the Raiders, do you feel confident at all about these guys? Uh, they're playing the Bears, man, and, and Khalil Mack is going to be, I think, an absolute fucking animal against his former team. I mean, yeah, Darren Waller. That's a, I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather play, like, Jalen Samuels over Jacobs. I'd rather play Deontay Johnson over, like, guys that you can just pick up off the waiver for this this week at least. I mean, Williams, uh, he, he's definitely caught a touchdown every week, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think – I mean, he's – a don't trade him or nothing or like freak out about him if he has a bad game, but don't expect, uh, I mean, I guess you could maybe expect a touchdown because I, I would hope the Raiders score a touchdown in the game, but no, nah, I wouldn't bank on it. But Darren okay. Waller for sure. He was projected like 16 points or something this week, which is just so weird to see that. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the only check down option. Uh-huh. And when Khalil Mack, comes off the outside and Derek Carr has to throw it on his second yes. and a half step back. He's going to dump it off to him all day. Yeah. Um, let's go with the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. We'll speed up a little bit through these here to get through the second half of these games. Vikings uh, get embarrassed by those bears. Uh, the Giants um, get by the Redskins. So Diggs and Cousins. Uh, Thielen is difficult and has been rough, but – I feel like you're starting him. He's kind of an automatic for right now. Um, how do you feel about Diggs? And do you have any confidence in Kirk Cousins? I personally do not, even against the Giants, who are shitty. Um, they have a really rough defense in secondary. Uh, my man Mike Tagliere at, at Fantasy Pros basically calls him, uh, you know, the the um, the Cardinals' light. Um, but I just still don't really have confidence in Kirk Cousins in general and that game script. How do you feel about um, Stephon Diggs? I mean, him and I'm trying to think. Him and Thielen had a oh gosh, heard that forty. Thielen had a forty-two percent matchup advantage. I think Diggs had thirty-five, and forty-two is by far the most I've seen this year on PFF's uh, matchup charts. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's intriguing on paper, but I, I don't know. You have to play him, but I'm just not excited to play him. Seven for one hundred eight last week against the Bears. I don't know. I mean, but. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess I don't. But but then, what did he do the three weeks before that? Did he even put up 108 Nothing. yards? Yeah, like no. it's. I don't know. I don't really have much confidence. Man, what a bummer, dude. You know, I That's was crazy. I was a little bit I was a little bit lower than ECR coming in with rankings. I had uh I had both guys outside of the 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 top 10 and 12. Um, 
I had Diggs actually higher than Thielen um, coming into the season. But, uh, damn, dude, just perennial the last couple of years, you know, RB – or, sorry, wide receiver um, ones and twos. But not right now. Nope. Um, let's move over to the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, confident against him, uh, confident with him against the Vikings. And then are you riding Gallman? Uh, Golden Tate comes back this week. Um, if you have him, I would not fire him up. It's his first game back with a new quarterback off a four-game suspension, and he's playing the Vikings. I'm not feeling that. Uh, Sterling Shepard is the man. I like him a lot more, and uh, Evan Ingram, of course. But are you riding Gallman still for another week, um, or what are you trying to do with him? And then Daniel Jones, do you feel confident about him in deep streams? You know, I think I'm going to take – I'm going to say yes. Start. You can start them all. I think they're going to – you know, they're coming home. The Giants are coming to a home game. Were they home last week? I don't want to um, misspeak or anything. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me – I got it right here. Let me double check here. There you go. Good, good music. Home game, 24-3 oh, over God. the lowly Redskins. I was going to try and sell it like he's coming home at 2-0 and or something. <laughs> That's fine. I'm still going to start him. He's 2-0 and as a starter. He's been home. He's been home. He's, yeah, he's been home. <laughs> uh, Snacks is fired up right now somewhere. Yes, I – yo, shout out to the BDGE crew. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I think you definitely can. I mean, I mean, Chase Daniel not necessarily shredded this offense, but he threw for, I'd say, probably over 200 if I'm just thinking off my mind. And Daniel Jones does have that rushing, uh, I want to say, floor. It's only two games. But he ran for, like, 30 last week and 30 the week before. So, I think you definitely play him. And Gallman's just going to get the work. But I don't know how necessarily that turns into uh, good fantasy points. But I think you can definitely play him. Daniel Jones, 225, one touchdown and two picks. Wayne Gallman, 18 for 63 and a touchdown on the ground, six for 55 and another touchdown through the air on seven targets. So uh, Wayne Gallman, I am probably going to fire him up in a couple of leagues uh, just because he's going to get the volume at least. And that Vikings defense is solid, um, but not as scary as they have been in the, in the uh, past. Let's go on to New Orleans where uh, the Teddy Bridgewater era – continues they're three and one man looking real good the bucks coming off a massive win um 55 to 40 over the rams i don't think this game is going to be that high because uh teddy can't really throw the ball but uh let's start with the bucks first um barber rojo let's talk about the running backs really quick are you playing either one of these guys i I think it's becoming ronald jones backfield Mm -hmm. that being said i'm not playing them yet Fair enough. And then uh, let's go with OJ Howard, man. Um, I know. And I'm one of them. Uh, I've been, I was preaching OJ Howard super hard. I had him above Ingram. I had him above uh, Hunter Henry. Um, He was kind of my, my next dude. I almost put him above Ertz at number three. Um, I still believe it's there. This offense just put up 55 points and he was nowhere to be found. Yeah. It's, it's so strange because they literally have two, they have two receivers and they have a, trio of crappy running backs and he had six fantasy but it didn't I didn't like I didn't watch that game or really track it much I just checked it afterwards and saw he had six and I was like like how like how does that translate but three three for 33 on three targets Cameron Brait also three for 36 he got the touchdown Mike Evans just four catches but 89 yards and a touchdown Chris Godwin 12 for 172 and oh, yeah. two touchdowns on 14 targets. So this is strictly a matchup situation. Um, I'm still holding tight on, yeah, on uh, OJ Howard, but I mean, you got to play him. 
Yeah, you have to. Right? Um, I mean, if you, you draft it, it means you're, what, fifth round, sixth round pick in most leagues? and Yeah, unless you have Mark Andrews or yeah. – If you streamed I – mean, if you picked up Darren Waller, uh, boy, you yeah, know, yeah. you're stoked. I mean, if you got one of those guys, even like your boy Noah Fant, um, I, I could see, you know, starting over him. Um, but other than one of those upsell tight ends, you got to just wait for it because – he does have the ability to, to split the seam and he's been missed on like two or three 20 plus yard touchdowns this year. Those are eventually going to connect. And when OJ Howard does eventually have five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown or two, um, I think we're going to be just fine. So mm-hmm. I'm still riding the wave. Let's go over to new Orleans. Uh, Latavius Murray really taking a backseat to Alvin Kamara. So I'm not really stoked on him. And um, Jared cook, not much. And then Teddy Bridgewater in super deep leagues not really feeling it. He's just not getting it done. Um, is there anybody outside of uh, Michael Thomas and Kamara on the Saints offense that you're interested in? No. And I think that was kind of it coming into the year a little mm-hmm. bit too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go on to Atlanta. They go face Houston. Um, holy shit, dude. Both of these teams preseason, I made a bold prediction. Actually, it might have been a crazy call because it sounded ridiculous. I can't remember which section I put it in. But I said that the Atlanta Falcons would either be the best team in the NFC or the worst team in the NFC. That was my bold prediction. So far, (laughs) they're trending in the wrong direction, and I might be right already. Um, They're decimated by injuries once again super quickly. Um, They have no defense. Their run game is not doing much. The only shit Freeman actually gets done is through the pass game, eight receptions last week. Uh, Julio Jones is Julio Jones, but Calvin Ridley's been slow. Matt Ryan gets a bunch of yards, but that's all garbage time points. What the hell's going on in Atlanta, man? Austin Hooper and Julio Jones are the entire offense. In injuries? I mean, that's really like their O-line is Again, bad. it's like the fifth year in a row. I feel like we always yeah. say this. And, and, you know, oh, I'm not even going to talk about it, but, you know, somewhere to happen to one of their better players, uh, this team's just not going to win a game. They can't yeah. stop anybody, and then they're in shootouts – and Matt Ryan pads his stats, but he's not that good to, to, you know, bring them back every single time. And Houston's kind of the same team right now. DeAndre Hopkins has been a staller for me three weeks in a row. They have no run game. Deshaun Watson is going to get sacked the most in the league again. Uh, Will Fuller's been overthrown on a couple deep touchdowns. Kenny Stills is hurt now. Kiki QT is a little bit injured. They have two tight ends who are like, I, but they're not doing much. Their defense is also pretty porous. This is a crazy game, bro. I could see this game being like 13 to 10 or like 55, 45. Yeah. It's, it's surprising. Cause I mean, I, if I had, I mean, I didn't like make any like predictions, but I would have predict, predicted these, both these teams to be in the top four of the AFC and NFC. Like, I don't hundred percent. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I have. So, so that was my bull prediction. Crazy call with the Falcons that yeah, being the best four, or the worst, right? Four. Yeah. But, but when I worked out the pre, you know, preseason, just for shits, I always go through the schedule preseason. Now, of course, when you do that, everything goes out the window once somebody gets hurt or whatever. So, like, you know, ranking wins and losses preseason is complete bullshit. But I do it for fun, and I had the Falcons at, at uh, you know, second place in the NFC South behind the Saints. Now, of course, this is with Drew Brees being healthy. Um, and I had the uh, Texans winning the uh, AFC South, right? And they're both not looking good. Um, and the Texans are getting away with it a little bit, but, you know, that's not going to happen too much longer. So I guess I'll just throw this whole game into a barrel. Outside of the studs, um, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Watson, and uh, New Hopkins, 
Are you playing anybody else in this game with confidence? Maybe Freeman, I guess. Uh, oh, Austin Hooper. I'll throw Austin Hooper in there. He's yeah, been a stud, bro. That's, I'm, I always I'm, forget about him because he's quiet, but he's a beast. I'm kind of excited to see, like I was just thinking about it, where him and Godwin are going to go in dynasty drafts, like immediately after the season. I I think Godwin might crack top two rounds. That's, I don't know. I'm just kind of excited about that. And yeah, Hooper is, I don't even, like, but where was this at last year? That's the thing with Hooper. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know where this is coming from because he's, like, consistently well, being targeted. He was, he was tied in six last year, too, man. Yeah, he's just but, so quiet. I said it in the preseason when I did my rankings, and I had my man Summy from the Draft Room Pod on, uh, who's a great listen, by the way. Listeners, go check out my man Summy, Draft Room Pod. It's a podcast. He also has an Instagram, great graphics, super in-depth. Uh, we pride ourselves in analytics here on this podcast, but Summy takes it even a step further. He's my man, super great guy, uh, great work. Go check him out, Draft Room Pod. He came on for the tight end episode uh, with me, and we broke everybody down. He was the one, in my opinion, and I give him credit as much as I can. He was the one that had Mark Andrews at number seven as his tight end preseason. And this is before everyone started jumping train, right? Uh, But we were talking about Austin Hooper, and I made the claim that I was higher on Austin Hooper than most people because of Dirk Cutter. And we saw what Dirk Cutter was able to do with O.J. Howard last year and uh, Cameron Bray before they got hurt. And now he goes back to Atlanta. Austin Hooper was already uh, tight end six, and now he gets more tight end love there. Um, Austin Hooper, man, is – I mean, he might end up top five. You know, he's, he's a beast and he's I in mean, a great offense there, so I like it a lot. Yeah, at the way he's trending, he definitely will. I mean, like one of the tight ends – I don't even know the top five tight ends are right now. I, I would think Disley. He probably has to be, doesn't he? Yeah, I'll bring him up right now. Keep talking. Um, so, I guess kind of – like I was saying, he's being – I mean, he was kind of consistently targeted last year too. He just wasn't converting, which kind of makes sense because now Ridley's not. So, it's just kind of off and on. But, yeah. I mean, tight end six last year in a landscape where it was the kind of reverse from this year. It's kind of what I was kind of saying. But uh, I'm just kind of waiting for you to get the – Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still bringing bringing up. I'd, I'd say Kelsey definitely's top five. Disley, Mark Andrews because he went like for the twenty five two weeks or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see here. I'm oh, up Waller. One. Yeah, Waller's definitely top five. Of course, and of course that's you know that's just an order. But dude, it's it's <laughs> it's ridiculous um, how these tight ends have bounced back the way that they have this year. It's been quite impressive. Yeah, and, literally the uh, exact opposite of what everyone was saying all offseason. Yeah, because, well, last year was terrible, man. You had, like, the top four or five, and it was it was horrendous after that, you know? Mm. And, unfortunately, um, unfortunately you, don't, you didn't have a lot, a lot going on here. Um, let's see. So, oh, these are the rankings here. Sorry, I got to bring it up somewhere else. But either way, um, they're crushing it, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on, on the rankings here in a little bit. Let's jump ahead, man. We're, we're already getting long in the pod here. We've got a couple more games. Let's go with Arizona and the Bengals. Not much to talk about here. Um, Arizona uh, looks really fun, but they're terrible. And the Bengals look like shit, and they're terrible. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game here. Um, Christian Kirk, a little bit banged up in this game, uh, like my man Larry Fitz. And if Christian Kirk is healthy in this game, I think they're going to absolutely destroy the secondary for uh, the Bungles, um, Kyler Murray, I think this is a great 
a get right game for him. I think this is a game where he could really kind of take off um, and make it happen this week. Uh, and then for Cincinnati, Mixon has got to have a big game this week. If it doesn't happen this week, I'd be willing to cut bait. John Ross is out for a handful of weeks. I like my man, Auden Tate. So I started him in, in our dynasty league on accident because I literally had nobody else because my whole fucking team is hurt. Um, so I had uh, Saquon Barkley, Mike Williams. Uh, I had like, I don't know, carry on and Kittle and uh, Robbie Anderson, like everybody on a buy. So my team this week was terrible. I started Auden Tate and he did pretty well, actually caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, just curious how you feel about him. And then Andy Dalton, dude, sacked eight times a career worse last week facing the Cardinals. How do you feel about anybody in this game here for fantasy? This is going to be ugly NFL-wise, but this could actually make out for a pretty nice fantasy week. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're starting Boyd. And then I would – yeah, I would tell you how you were just saying. I think you could definitely start him this year because uh, John Ross, he hasn't gotten ruled out yet, but they said he's going to be out a couple of weeks. And I have – actually, I've him in a couple of dynasty leagues um, kind of by, I guess, accident. I, I mean, not accident, but, like, I was just kind of chasing that one week he had to fill a – fill a buy for this week, but I think you could definitely start him if you're desperate. Uh, the, the targets will, I don't want to say it's a negative game script, but it's not going to be a positive game script if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, they're just going to run up and down the field the whole game and probably do, probably do pretty well. Like I said, this will probably be a fun game for fantasy. It's just going to mm-hmm. be ugly, ugly. Otherwise uh, let's move on to Jacksonville and Carolina. Um, Garner Minshew, any Jags receivers. Leonard Fournette goes for 225, does not score a touchdown, but he's due anytime. And then Carolina, uh, Kyle Allen comes back down to earth. And, um, you know, these receivers are doing okay. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey could continue to boycott here. Um, How do you feel about this game, man? Minshew, are you excited about him? He's got great pocket presence. I was really impressed with him, his scrambling ability. Make some nice plays. DJ Chark, um, D.D. Westbrook. There's some definitely options all over the place, but no real automatic starts for me outside of uh, Fournette and McCaffrey. I think the only one, if I had to, like, pick an auto start would be uh, DJ Chark, just because I think he's obviously – I think he surpassed D.D. as the wide receiver one on this team, so I think you could definitely start him. With confidence. The Panthers do uh, – they have shown a surprisingly good defense this year in terms of, like, sack rate and just kind of pressure on the QB. But, yeah, like you said, Minshew's been doing really good at keeping his sixth-round QB status composure. So, I think he – I mean, I'm not going to play him in any standard leagues or like redraft leagues or anything, but I've definitely – I mean, I didn't like watching him last week, but he he's definitely fun to watch. Yep, I like it. Okay, and then uh, Greg Olson, of course, you can you can fire yeah, up uh, yeah. old old reliable as well there. Um, O'Shaughnessy also caught a touchdown last week. Way deep uh, deep leagues or or you know those uh, tight end premium leagues, you can think about him as well there. Uh, let's go on to your uh, Denver Broncos looking for a big win in LA against oh, the God. rival Chargers. Um, I'll let you take this one away, man. For the Chargers, I'm going to steal the thunder right away. If Mike Williams plays, you play him. And um, Justin Jackson is out. So it looks like my man uh, Pope, um, assuming Justin Jackson's out for this game as well. He didn't play last week. Uh, Pope comes in, two touchdowns, snipe there. Melvin Gordon looking to come back. Of course, you, you've been sitting on him that long. You play him. Austin Eckler, I think you still flex him for one more week because it'll take a week for Melvin Gordon to take over. Chargers are taken care of. I'll turn it over to you. Any positive light here you can shine on your boys? Uh, Corlin Sutton. 
he's kind of a stud. That's that's about it, though. I mean, it was Sanders. I think you start Sanders and Sutton. No offense. Uh, not. He's definitely like. I mean, just by like watching the games, he's definitely uh, trying. They're kind of forcing him kind of work in a sense. I don't know though. I mean, there's definitely. I mean, how deep of a league would it have to be for you to play him? You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I don't even know. There's definitely there's definitely 15 other. 15 to 16 other tight ends I'd play over him. But, yeah, uh, I'm just – I'm waiting for when Sanders and Von Miller and all them just get traded. It's, it's, it's bound to happen if we lose, like, two more games. So, it's – yeah. Think they'll just, they'll just clean house and start over? I mean, Von Miller is a free agent. I believe Sanders has one year left, and Chris Harris, we signed back to a one-year deal. So, it's – there's no way you could convince Von Miller at, what, age 29, 30 to sign back for a team that – Shoot, might not even win a game this year. <laughs> I'm holding faith for you, man. You, you'll get, you'll get one. You'll get I one. I think, I think the Raiders, the Raiders Hopefully will donate like to Chiefs. one later. Like it's like the Chiefs in Kansas City or something. This is love really it, cool. dude. Love it. That's what's up. Interrupt that number one seed. Yeah. Um, let's go on to the Green Bay and Dallas. Uh, nice couple games here to wrap up the set. Green Bay and Dallas, of course, uh, we're looking at for Green Bay as of right now. Devonte Adams is on the track to not play. We do not have official report as of this podcast, but not looking good for him. Um, MVS, Geronimo Allison, automatic starts for me. Uh, Jamal Williams was taken off on a stretcher last week, but he came out uh, mentioning that he was Gucci. So hopefully he comes back sometime soon, but Jamal, uh, obviously um, Aaron Jones owners don't want that. Uh, my question here is Jimmy Graham. I think Jimmy Graham is going to be a big asset here with uh, Devontae Adams out. Yeah, he's. I think he's definitely back. I mean – I'm assuming you watched the Thursday night game. Rogers just looks kind of like uncomfortable. He looks kind of like Philip Rivers in a sense to me. Mm -hmm. Just Mm kind of like uncomfortable and kind of the offense. That's, I don't want to say, I mean, the one touchdown he threw to Graham, he literally just threw that ball up in the air. Like he didn't even like, it wasn't like open. Jimmy Graham's six, seven though, dude. Why not? I know like Devontae Adams on that play. Like I remember that play. He Devontae Adams was wide open. It should have been like an over the shoulder or like across the body throw. So he's like, I'll just throw it up to Graham. And yeah, I mean, it, that's all Graham did. It's uh, what Seattle and New yep. Orleans literally mm-hmm. just threw the ball up in the end zone to him. So I, I don't know Dallas's numbers against the tight end, but I know Evan Ingram torched him week it's, one. So it's a, it's a plus matchup. Jimmy Graham is a uh, 14th tight end right now. Um, and two duds. yep. Two duds. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Crazy. He's, he's definitely boom bust, but he has big games. He had 18 points last week yeah, in PPR. Solid. And I think he's going to be a big asset um, this week where that secondary for Dallas is pretty solid. So over the middle there, I think Jimmy Graham is a great uh, streaming option at tight end this week. Let's go over to Dallas real quick. Um, not much to talk about here. You start your studs, of course. Uh, looks like we're, we're still um, waiting for Gallup to come back. So he's not ruled yeah. out technically, I, but I, I think, think he's he, going to play is what they were saying. Yeah. I just, but again, I wouldn't play him though. No. Same. I'm with you. Um, and uh, Jason Witten, I think, is another decent streaming option against uh, this aggressive like aggressive defense. Yeah. yeah, he'll give you like four curl routes and maybe a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Randall Cobb, potentially. Let's move on to Sunday night, and then we'll get to Monday night and take a For quick sure. break, and, uh, and we'll get out of here. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, um, your boy Jacoby Brissett, and oh, yeah. um, he's kind of he's kind of the only option here. I mean, so – Hypothetically, I'll let you talk about Brissett here in a second. Hypothetically, Mac misses the game. I think Jordan Wilkins is a nice pickup. 
Um, Naheem Hines is, should have about 15 catches in this game because they're going to be down immediately in Kansas City. But I think Jordan Wilkins could have potentially 12 to 15 carries in this game as well if Marlon Mack misses. If Marlon Mack plays, of course, you fire him up. Um, these tight ends, Eric Ebron, I mentioned it last podcast, Eric Ebron looked terrible, dude. I saw him drop. I watched the Raiders and Colts yeah, game. Four balls, yeah. Dude, in his face. Like, like not even acrobatic catches or anything. Like, like literally just oopsie drops. It was terrible. Uh, Jack Doyle, who I actually like a lot, dropped a fucking t- uh, touchdown in his chest. Very, very frustrating for Jacoby Brissett. The receivers look okay. T.Y. Hilton missed that last game. Hopefully he plays this week. We'll see what happens with him. How do you feel about Jacoby Brissett, though, man? They're going to be down immediately, and they're going to have to chuck it the entire week. I don't know what he's ranked right now, but he's getting like 19 19- – He's getting anywhere from like 18 to 23 a week. And I think, I mean, this week he's definitely going to get that. But I think that's going to, I mean, I think that's going to stick for the rest of the season just because I think kind of the way I look at it is the Colts are a good enough team and Frank Rags a good enough coach where they're going to get the opportunities to like potentially score or like they're, they're not going to have bad play calls. Um, I think you can kind of compare them to like the Steelers in a sense, kind of like a, a washed up sort of playoff team. And <laughs> I just think, I think the Steelers in a sense are going to have like bad possessions where I think the Colts have a good enough team to make use of them. So that's where I see Brissett's upside a little more. Um, um, yeah. So, so Steelers, you mean the chiefs? I think you keep saying the Steelers. Oh, did I say the Steelers? Yeah, it's all right. I, oh, just... okay. Yeah. Chiefs defense is awful. So yeah. We say, we say a lot of words, man. I have, I have a podcast constantly. Actually, a quick uh, edit for those of you listening to consecutive episodes. I mentioned the Washington Redskins, and I said that John Gruden was about to get fired any day now. Oh, and, of, 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 course, of course, I mean Jay Gruden. But we, you know, we're, we're doing this. We're, we're off the top. We're reading notes. We're, we're thinking in the moment and saying a lot of words. And I don't realize that I have, uh, like – speech impediments and, and, and just miss say shit. I don't realize it until after the fact. And I'm not just, I'm not going to go in and edit those things. Like it just is what it is. So it's just kind of silly. But anyway, I want to cut you off because you did mention the Steelers a few times. Nonetheless, all good. Yes. The uh, Kansas city defense is pretty porous. Um, on the other side, man, Daryl Williams gets the game winning rushing touchdown. Uh, they have all sorts of receiver options. Of course, Sammy Watkins uh, has a touchdown stripped away from him and dropped potentially another one later on. Um, it's the Chiefs. If you have a Chief, put them in your lineup uh, and keep an eye on Tyreek Hill coming down, the, coming down the pike here in a little bit. Let's talk about the last game of the week, and then we'll take a quick break. The 49ers host the Browns. Niners are still undefeated, and I have to say this really quick while I'm able to. The Niners are first place in the NFC West. Woo-hoo. I'm just going to hold that for at least a couple more days. Um, they face the Browns. Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry probably not going to play because of this concussion. Odell's Odell, you play Odell. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones came out of fucking nowhere, had a huge game, long touchdown. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield against the Niners, who, before their bye, were the number two fantasy defense and have really, really looked good? They have two weeks to prepare for the Browns. They're at home. I'm, you know, I want you to talk about them because uh, I don't want to get on my high horse here in a huge game, but I'm very excited for Monday night. The Niners have not been in a legitimate Monday night matchup in a very long time. I'm super excited about that. Um, how do you feel about the Browns options? And really for me, it's just Baker Mayfield that I'm questioning. All I know is the Browns scored 40 points and Baker had like 16 fantasy points. <laughs> I think it's, that's just kind of where I stand with this whole situation. Like, like I said in the, uh, 
the off season. But you know, I, I mean, I'm rooting for the Niners because obviously I'm not big of a Browns fan. But yeah, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, how hard is it for the Browns going to be to game plan potentially the Niners four running backs? I don't know yep. Coleman's status. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that Coleman's going to do much, but I do. They have three at least. Yeah, and then you got Debo now Pettis, Kittle. incredible tight end. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think really, I think the only thing they're missing is a quarterback. Like, not gonna lie, like Jimmy G's. I mean, he's good enough. Bro, fucking Mullins, my man, Mullins. Come I mean, on, I, dog. I think if they could, I mean, like honestly, not gonna like this. Probably doesn't sound good, but like Joe Flacco in that offense, I think would do really good. Oh, dude. But I mean, like, think. I mean, like, he's doing. Good we were going. Enough. We were going so well, dog. Hey, we were. We were rolling, rolling here. I'm gonna. I'll, don't worry. I'll edit that out. I'll make it better. Um, Eli Manning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Jeez. Jeez. Case Keenum is about to get fired too. So you know, there's all sorts of options. Oh, um. Well, that that just took a turn for the worse. Let's go to the Niners. Uh, Jimmy G. You're firing up off of a buy. I mean, you're not really confident in him. I haven't been confident in him the whole time, but. He's my quarterback, so I got a root for him. Um, the running backs, fuck, dude. Either you fire up any and all of them, or you don't play any of them. Is that legit analysis? Yeah, I think you, you you can't like. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no good way to play him, and there's no bad way to play him. Like, sure, I, I don't really. It's hard to tell because. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know because we Wilson might score three touchdowns. Breida might not see a single goal line carry. Like you don't really know what's gonna happen. Yep, uh, Debo's my man. He's a big waiver pickup for me. Um, and uh, you know, you could trade for nothing and get him in a package. Just you know, shoot for like a bigger name and grab Debo off of their bench if you can. And I think he's gonna be a huge player down the stretch. And dude, the Forty ers defense, like stream them. I think they're going to be awesome at home uh, after a bye against this uh, against this offense, who now I think only have one option in the uh, pass game, which is Odell. And if you double, triple cover him, they're going to put old-ass Uncle Sherm on him. He'll at least slow him down off the line. And if they have another safety or two over the top, I think you know Odell yeah, can you, potentially you get shut down. You got a lot of edge rushers too that can help out over the middle if they have to. And Absolutely. You got plenty of weapons. Yep, and you're starting Chubb, of course. He is the beast. All right, cool, man. That is a long-winded version of the week five start and sits and previews. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll get into our starts of the week, and then we'll roll through our all-in check or fold trade segment. Hey, listeners, just take a break here. If you like what you hear and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook, at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page. And you could drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, leave a rate and review on the podcast and make sure to subscribe as well. And go visit our website, tckpod.com, to find our weekly rankings, start sits, and articles by Lucas as well. Before we get into our starts of the week and our all in checker fold segment, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? 
how do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, starts of the week, man. Let's go through these pretty quickly. We got our notes already. We'll just read them off real quick. Starts of the week uh, speak for themselves, right? These are players that we are, are, you know, staking our sword into, and this is who we're standing by. Last week, we had a couple good ones, man. Um, you had the tandem uh, last week of, of Rodgers and, and Adams, and I, I grabbed um, uh, Derek Henry, who didn't score, but he did have over 100 yards. So this week, um, let's go position by position here. I'll let you go first at the quarterback position. Who is your start of the week? I'm going to go with another uh, QB wide receiver duo. I'm going to go Winston this week. Uh, the Saints are allowing 24.7 fantasy points to quarterback, and the game is in a dome. And I think Bruce Arians is going to have Winston riding high after last week. I love it. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. He is at home. A poor Atlanta secondary gave up 185 yards and three touchdowns to the terrible tight ends offense and rookie A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Uh, This should be a shootout, and Houston's offense is due, I think, for a big game. Atlanta generated zero sacks in week four to Tennessee. So I think this is going to be a big game for Watson. I think it's a get-right game for him and Nuke Hopkins. We're going to talk about him in just a second, but if you ever had a chance to buy Nuke Hopkins, it's right now. Go get him as soon as you get done with this podcast. Go get him right now. If you don't, I think a, De- a Devontae Adams game is on the way, and that could happen this week. Let's go to running back, man. Who you got for running back this week? This is a hard one. I went Dalvin Cook. I mean, the Giants are averaging kind of in the middle, 21.5 points to running backs, but I kind of looked into that a little more. Uh, so I'm just going to go through who they play. It's a Zeke week one, but that was kind of in a timeshare. He took 13 carries. Pollard took 13. So you didn't get the full Zeke. Then week two, they played a Singletary-Yeldon-Gore combo, the Bucks combo, and then AP and Chris Thompson. So I think that number is a little inflated. And even if, I mean, even if Cook scored 21.5 fantasy points, you'd be happy with that. So I think I'll see a little bit over 20 this week in a bounce-back game for Cook. Love it. I'm going to take David Johnson. David Johnson of the Cardinals. He had eight catches for 99 yards last week in week four. The Cincinnati Bengals gave up 16 catches on 16 targets for 140 yards and a touchdown to the combo of James Conner and Jalen Samuels on Monday Night Football. I already mentioned that is my start of the week, man. I think there's going to be a lot of firepower in this game. Actually, again, I think it's going to be a terrible NFL game. I think it could have huge implications potentially in fantasy. And David Johnson is due for a uh, 
a real big game. He had a nice game last week. I think he's due this week and uh, potentially could get a lot of checkdowns as well. So I'm going to take uh, David Johnson as my running back. How about receiver for you? Well, like I said, the combo. So I'm going Mike Evans. Uh, we already talked about – or I didn't talk about his matchup. Uh, Lattimore has gotten torched this year. He I mean, has, dude. That's crazy. He has 20% matchup advantage against the former, like, defensive rookie of the year. Like, projected all pro. Like, it's cr- – I didn't really, like – when I, I saw Lattimore, I don't know. Like when I saw Lattimore, I was like, okay, maybe he'll get like 12 points. Cause I mean, they're going to kind of focus on him. No, the exact opposite. I mean, the Saints give up 41.9 points per game to opposing receivers and like named the receivers on the bucks. It's literally Godwin's Godwin and Evans. So I mean, split that in half. That's two good games right there. So you're expecting this to be an Evans, not a Godwin game? Maybe both. <laughs> I mean, they both were given good uh, matchup advantages. Uh, yep. I think every game is going to be a good Godwin-Evan game from now on. Yep, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Of course, this is on the heels of uh, Devontae Adams missing time. Um, MVS is second on the Packers in targets and receptions, and he has 17 more targets eight more receptions and 141 more yards than Geronimo Allison, making him the clear number two, in my opinion. Now, that being said, I think Geronimo Allison and MVS are both strong starts this week. So I like them both, but I think MVS has the edge there. So I'm going to put him as my wide receiver um, start of the week with Adams out. And let's go with tight ends and defenses. Who do you have at your tight end? I love this pick, bro. I love well, this pick. It, wor- it worked for me last week, so I'm going to stick with it. But – I don't even think I need to say the player is it's just the tight end going against the Cardinals. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's Tyler Eifert, but they allow 27.78 points per game to tight ends. Dude. And then I typed in after incredible. that. That's incredible. incredible. I know. Like, that's so insane. Like how, like, I, I don't get Like, there's no how do way. They not put, how do they not put fucking 50 year old T sizzle on somebody put Terrell Suggs on the tight end and just be like, dude, don't let him catch. 30 passes i know like you have a veteran you have like one of the greatest linebackers of all time and you're letting it like i don't see like even if he's not on the tight end like he should be saying something i would think or like no way to stop that it's just but yeah just fire him up he saw a lot of targets last week john ross is out man i'm rooting for i'm rooting for tyler eifert man i uh I feel really bad for the guy he's had a terrible string of injuries one of the best tight ends in the league he was kind of he was kind of Travis Kelsey, like baby Gronk before Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um, and 13 touchdowns one year. Uh, and just he's been hurt for years now. And I really hope he's able to kind of get back at it. Um, okay. And my tight end is Evan Ingram, which this is just cheating. Um, but I did want to mention that he's sixth in the league in receptions. That's all players. Yeah, sixth in the league in all players in receptions. 10 receptions on 15 targets, 167 yards since Daniel Jones took over for the Giants, and uh, he should be able to move the ball against a not-so-dominant defense of the Vikings. So the Vikings have always been scary for fantasy football. I think that is changing this year. Golden Tate is back. Um, This is something I really want to watch because I had Evan Ingram lower than O.J. Howard, which now I know looks like shit. But my my thinking preseason was Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram all play the same position for the Giants. Um, that's with Eli Manning with Daniel Jones. He's actually able to like throw the ball consistently down the field and open up avenues. 
I wonder how those three are actually going to deal with each other. Sterling Shepard has been the man. So has Evan Ingram. Golden Tate now is back too. So we'll be interested. I think one week left, though, before Golden Tate really fits in. I think this is an Evan Ingram game big time. Let's get into uh, defenses, man, and then we will get into some trade talk. I uh, took a lot of analysis for this one. I put the Patriots. Uh, I put they get to play rookie Dwayne Haskins, who gets to throw to a third-round rookie receiver. And then I put if they're lucky, they get to play Colt McCoy this week. Even Case Keenum. Like, Even give me Case whoever Keenum. you want from the Redskins. It's oh, – it, I, I picked them up like three weeks ago in my main league. I actually stashed like three defenses that just played the Dolphins like three weeks in a row. And then after the Patriots – well, and then I looked at like their schedule after like they played the Bills. And then I saw that they played the Redskins, like the Jets without Darnold. I was like, I'll just ride them for like six weeks. Fire them up. Fire them up. Yep, Patriots. Patriots automatic there. And then for me, I'm going to do a, a full homer call, dude. I'm going to go with the Niners uh, on Monday night against the Browns. Um, they're at home. The Niners have had two weeks to prepare for the Browns and uh, the Browns will be without Jarvis Landry. Most likely. Um, even if they're not, I like, uh, I like the Niners a lot. Uh, Baker looked better. Chubb is a beast and Odell is definitely due, but the 49ers defense has looked real solid. Um, like I said, before the buy, they were the number two fantasy defense. Uh, they have been creating turnovers. Um, they had two interceptions last year, um, and they have far, far surpassed that already. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. Everybody right now, knock on wood, is healthy, and that offense is able to keep the ball and not turn it over to, for the most part, Jimmy. Um, but I think they're going to be just fine, and they're going to get up for a big game at Monday night uh, for the first time in a long time in San Francisco. So really stoked for the 49ers. And let's change gears real quick, man. Let's talk some trade talk, and we'll get out of here. Uh, these are these Wednesday episodes are always long. I appreciate you listeners for staying tuned this long in the podcast. Appreciate you. We have a lot of information. We only get to do this once a week. So Lucas and I put a lot of time and energy into it. Appreciate y'all following along. Let's jump into some all-in, check, or fold. Again, listeners, all-in, I'm trading for, check, I'm going to wait on, and fold, I'm going to trade away. Uh, Lucas, give me a couple all-in candidates you are looking to trade for right now. Uh, the big one, the main one that I put first was Hollywood. Like I said, he's still third in air yards. <coughs> Sorry. 14th in target share, like among all uh, players at 24%. And I mean, like we said, it's just a big play waiting to happen. But say that big play sticks. Say they start to develop this chemistry and kind of figure it out. I mean, you're and you're gonna buy him low. You just tell your dude like that you're trading. Like, hey man, he had two bad weeks lately. We just give him a low ball offer. So that's my probably my top one. Yes, it's probably my top one. Got the it. next Saquon's actually my next one. If you are a three and one or a four and zero team, go after Saquon. Give him like I don't even know who you'd give him. For example, I guess, but just throw him some depth pieces because I'm sure that team's gonna be hurting. I can't imagine. With the number one pick, and I mean the guys that fell to like the the two three turn, I can't imagine they're going to be doing that good. Um, and I'm trying to think, the rest I think were yours. Yeah, I just I put a I put a bunch of guns on here, man. Some big names, uh, and a lot of these names you're kind of turning side eyes, like how the fuck am I going to trade for these guys without selling the farm? The whole reason I put them on here is right now is that time last week. Everybody in the fantasy industry, we did it on this podcast, said, go get Devontae Adams right now. Yeah. He was playing like shit. Rodgers wasn't feeling it. 
he was due, blah, blah, blah. And everyone said, he's going to have a big game against Philadelphia Thursday night. Go get him. If you got him, you're stoked. 10 for 180, and he didn't even play the whole game. This week, I believe some big names that I'm going to throw out there. Aaron Jones, Nuke Hopkins, uh, Odell Beckham, and Tyreek Hill. All those big names, I think you can get. Tyreek Hill, obviously, you have to wait it out. Okay, I get that. But when he comes back, I think he's going to be monstrous. So you might be able to buy him super low. Odell, outside of one broken slant, has not had good games at all yet. I think he is going to be, um, you know, a huge asset going down the stretch. He and Baker just haven't clicked yet. Uh, New Hopkins is due just like DeAndre, or, um, Devontae Adams. I mentioned that earlier. And Aaron Jones, without Jamal Williams in, I think he should finally get a full workload. I know we've been saying that for two years, but it's got to happen eventually, and he gets his touchdowns no matter what. Two other names, um, Deshaun Watson uh, going along with him, and then Austin Eckler. Um, we're going to come back to Austin Eckler in just a little bit because we talk about Melvin Gordon in a second as well, but I want you to take that away, Lucas. Let's jump into the check area. We have Fournette, Sutton, um, Chubb, Thielen, and Diggs. Uh, for me, Thielen and Diggs is kind of a combo. It's um, Thielen's been frustrating. Diggs has been frustrating. The Vikings have been frustrating in general. But maybe they, you know, Thielen did come out after the game and basically said, even with the best running back in the offense, we are best running back in the league, we have to throw the ball. I think this could be a squeaky wheel gets the grease, the old classic receiver, like, yo, bro, like, I'm still here. What the fuck? Um, and I think Thielen has a big game this week. Diggs did get over 100 yards against the Bears, but he hasn't done much before that. These are two guys that I'm waiting to see what happens for one more week. If they have big games, I might trade them both. If they have dud games, I might trade for them, believe it or not. So this, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens on that. Leonard Fournette, huge game over 200 yards, obviously. Um, you see what happens there. You have Sutton um, and Chubb on here too, man. How do you feel about those guys right now? Chubb, massive game, obviously. And Sutton has really, really impressed. My thing, well, I guess with Sutton is you're not going to be able to trade for him this week. Like someone's going to ask for, I don't know, like they're going to ask for a big name just because he had two touchdowns last week. So if you have him, I'd wait because I, I do think the like wide receiver one kind of role is kind of there for him. We'll just have to wait and see because, like I said, they could trade Flacco or bench Flacco. or You don't really know what's going to happen, but do not trade for him. I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Uh, what I said, Chubb. That one to me is I. I'm just still kind of confused on this Kareem Hunt situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I don't want to trade away a guy that's getting 24 carries consistently a week <laughs> and it is now catching the ball. Like it's. But if you know Kareem Hunt's gonna play, like you know what I'm saying, like it's hard to yeah. evaluate it, and it's kind of the same thing with Eckler too. And a big thing is too with Chubb, man, is like I'm not looking to get rid of Chubb either, but. Again, man, if you are one of those teams, you're 4-0, you're 3-1, you're sitting pretty, and you have two other really solid running backs that you got later, maybe you – I mean, Chubb for Saquon would be, in, would be a tough one because you might actually lose that battle. But that would be an easy – I mean, your, your, your buyer would take that in a heartbeat. I mean, I would do that. I don't, I don't know where you'd lose that trade. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm just saying if Kareem Hunt doesn't do much and well, Saquon yeah, has a yeah. longer thing or he comes back and hampered and Chubb is Chubb, then you're going to get your ass kicked. But hypothetically, Kareem Hunt comes back, takes at least third down work and, you know, five of Chubb's carries and Saquon comes back healthy. 
off of a high ankle sprain might be tough, but he does, then you get Saquon for Chubb. That's nice come playoff time. Yeah. So dude. just just a thought there, you know, because it's gonna be hard to get Barkley. I'm with you to go get him, but it's gonna be tough because he's fucking Saquon Barkley. You know, even mm-hmm. if he misses half the season, people will wait it out. Um, and then uh, on the fold away, uh, the trade away here, we have James Conner, Matt Stafford, Disley, and Graham. Let's talk about those four first, and then I'll turn it over to you for Melvin Gordon and Eckler. Yeah, James Conner, he's not gonna get 26 points every week. I mean, this is your one chance where you could flip. I mean, I don't know who you'd flip him for, but this is your this is your one chance you could flip Connor, if you if you're still a believer in him. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I guess I don't know what there is to believe in. I would take Connor for carry on Johnson. Yeah, I definitely would do that. Just a guaranteed workload where Samuel's is actually like becoming relevant now, so you don't really know what's going to go on there and the injury concern. Uh, what else? Maddie Stafford. Matty Stafford. I mean, first of all, he's on a buy. Yeah, so I guess that doesn't really apply to this week, but <laughs> that was a bad put in. But I think no, no, it's it. Well, it's not really because he's been incredible, and honestly, like I would kind of push back on this a little bit. Take the buy out of it. Um, I think he's played out of his mind, and it's not just that he's got a, a good year out of nowhere. He's had really great years over over the years. I think that people ranked him so low, including me. He was in my like mid twenties preseason because I just thought they were going to run the ball forty times a game. They're not doing that. No, they're throwing they, they it. And, can't. No, and, and Kenny Galladay is the truth. Yeah. Mar, uh, Marvin Jones is as well. Hawkinson, when he's healthy, who had a fucking uh, rough concussion last week. But when those guys are healthy, man, Stafford is great. And last year he played with a fucking broken back. So I really think there's a chance for him to, you know, end up as a QB1. So honestly, I would check. I wouldn't want to fold him. I know that, the, you know, it's a, it's a – He's a streamer, and if you had to drop him to pick up somebody else, then I'm okay with it. You know, if you had to grab like a Jameis, if you can get Jameis and drop Stafford this week, then go for it. Otherwise, I would I would hold him through the bye. Disley is another one. So Graham is kind of a streamer, whatever. He had a big game. If you if you can turn him for one of those better tight ends and more consistent, do it. Disley, man, I think he's just here to stay. Um, I know exactly who I'd flip him for. Mm-hmm. George Kittle, right now. Wow. You think I, you could pull that off? I mean, I straight think, up. No, not straight up. It definitely have to be. But I think if you're a George Kittle owner, you took him in what the fourth round of the latest. Oh, latest, bro. How about like second in most leagues, third okay, so round? You're, I mean, you're probably hurting a little bit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because I mean, obviously, he's gotten like three touchdowns called back this year, and I mean, he still put up like good tight end numbers. If like you're not relying on him to do what he did last year, yeah. So maybe that team's one and three, two and two. Maybe you throw them like Disley and oh, I don't even know, like Sutton, for example, maybe or like I don't know. I'm just saying, I just don't think. I mean, Disley's he was averaging like it was like 13 and some percent target share, jumped to 30 last week, and maybe that's just like because they played the Cardinals and Russell Wilson's a very, very, very smart quarterback and just took advantage of that matchup. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to retain the 30 percent target share every week fair enough uh why don't you end us out here with uh melvin gordon and austin eckler i think you and i have differing opinions on this man i will keep yeah. mine short and i'll let you end it out i am trading away austin eckler and i'm not sure you can trade for melvin gordon you should have done that last week but if you can still get him i would trade for melvin gordon trade away austin eckler i think you feel the opposite i think this is kind of 
kind of me on the reverse. It's kind of like the uh, Chubb Hunt thing, like I said. And to me, it's just kind of like uh, intuition. I just don't see them removing Eckler from the game plan. It's kind of how I see it. And then if I kind of imply that into trade value, you're not going to be able to trade Eckler away for much. And you honestly could get a lot out of Gordon. It's kind of how I'm seeing it. So I'm just kind of seeing the opportunity to capitalize. Whereas, I mean, I could be completely wrong. Like Melvin Gordon could be, I, I know Gordon. he could, yeah, I know he can be the Melvin Gordon. I just don't, I don't know how you remove Austin Eckler out of the game plan for what he's been doing. It's kind of how I see it. So it's just kind of an intuition thing. You, he, than, Melvin Gordon was running back six last year in PPR in 12 games. And I think what Eckler was 24 or something. Mm-hmm. So, I just yeah. don't think that, I don't, I don't think Eckler's going to get the passing down work. I mean, He's going to get work. He's been too good for the team and in fantasy to not have him active. And I think he's still a, a, a reliable flex option, but something happened yeah. behind the scenes that we don't know about yet that somebody told Melvin Gordon, like, Hey bro, it's worth your time to come back or we're going to pay you eventually or come on back. Cause he wouldn't sit out for four weeks in training camp and come back just because he's worried about losing his job. He would find another team in five seconds if he, you know, if the Chargers mm-hmm. cut him loose. That's yeah, not a problem. So I don't think he would come back right now at all. To me, it's kind of out of the blue. All season, we heard week 10, week 10, week eight at least, right? And with Le'Veon Bell, we heard that shit too. And then he never actually came back. So I was worried that Melvin wouldn't even come back this year. And then just all of a sudden in week five, he's like, all right, I'm good to go. Uh, I don't know, bro. I think it's going to take a week. So this week, this week is the deciding factor. I think you can make a move right now for Melvin Gordon and get a shit ton for Austin Eckler or see how this week goes. And when Melvin Gordon puts up a dud, because I just don't think he's going to crush in the first week, you can sell Melvin Gordon maybe and get shares of Austin Eckler. But Austin Eckler's value is going to plummet as soon as the game starts on Sunday. The thing with that, the way I have, I guess, Eckler is, I just don't know, what would you trade Eckler for? You know what I'm saying? Right now? I mean, yeah, yeah, not much. Unfortunately, like, I'm really worried about, to me, he's like an RB3. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I just don't know, like, what other RB3 I would take, you know what I'm saying? Like, is Um, is Rashad Penny? Even though he's proven he's a top 25 running back, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just kind of where I'm – yeah, I guess. And, and, you know, yeah, if Melvin Gordon gets hurt, then we have Austin Eckler all Melvin over again. Melvin Gordon, I don't think he's ever played a full season. Like, yeah. No. It's just kind of a hard – it's kind of like the Chubb Hunt. Because, like, yeah. how do you sign Hunt and then not play him? How does Gordon come back, not get a full workload? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's there's just double ends to all of it. I'm with you, man. We're just going to have to see how it goes in week five. Uh, it's going to be a big game, and, and he is going to get some work this week. So – We'll see what happens. And just for some house cleaning, I want to make sure that all the listeners who have been on the edge of their seat waiting for the top few tight ends uh, that I had a tough time oh, bringing gosh. up earlier. <laughs> tight end one on the league in PPR leagues, Evan Ingram, number two, Austin Hooper, uh, number three, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, number four, Darren Waller, Trav- uh, number four, Will Disley, number six, Greg Olson, seven, Ertz, eight, Walker, Nine and TJ Hawkinson, number 10. So if you had that as your top 10 tight ends coming into the season, uh, feel free to uh, 
give me a uh, give me a DM and show me that, and I've got some sort of high level prize for you. Um, but that'll do it, man. That's a long episode. I, I appreciate you hanging hanging in there, listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, again, Lucas and I right now are only able to do this once. We're hoping to get more into it um more episodes coming forward we we had a nice meeting before this podcast about some things coming up down the down the pipeline so super appreciate your uh your help all the time and lucas can you please uh, end us out today and um let uh, the listeners know what's going on on the website man oh yeah so on tckpod.com uh no www uh there is well i've i kind of slacked today and i got i have to do a lot of homework so i didn't get a start of the start sits yet so we'll see if I can get that put together by Thursday, but there are articles up there as well as your rankings will be up tomorrow. And I think oh, I said, I would say I can go back and check how accurate you've been, but it resets every time for some reason, I can't see how accurate you are. I don't know why, but it's kind of pointless to have that tool and not see how good you're actually doing. But and then in the, I know for, well, we're going to start incorporating a lot of things. Like we said, uh, we talked about that before the podcast, hopefully soon. Um, so we'll have more information on that, but yeah, tckpod.com is where, uh, all the information's on right on Broncos W Niners W good week. Good luck in week five, bro. You too. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. And you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook as well. And of course, another reminder to visit our website, tckpod.com, for my weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on social medias as well. It really does make a difference for an independent podcast like us, and we much appreciate it. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.